Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Well, hello there, listener, and welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast, episode number 287. This is our first legacy cast in a very long time. And for those of you who do not remember what a legacy cast is, it is a film that is currently not in the theaters. Uh, so it could be, oh, and not intended for streaming. So it wasn't uh, made directly for streaming. That is what we call a tributary. So these are more of your classically known thought about films. Typically in the past, I don't know, 50 years, we usually don't go too much older than that. Actually, we usually don't go too much older than 30 or 40 years because that's how old we are. But um, this week we have a fun one. It was my pick. It's uh, the 1986 classic Big Trouble in Little China directed by John Carpenter. Before I start rolling too much, I probably should say, Mike, welcome to the podcast. Oh, hey, Matt. Uh, How are you doing? Good, good. Um, besides seeing you nude yet again, I'm fine. Well, you know, it happens. Uh, you know what else happens, Matt? Did you go to the theater this weekend to support the, whatever day it was called? Was it called movie theater day? National cinema day. And no, I did not make it out to the theater on Saturday. I was quite busy working. Mike, what were you doing on Saturday? Did you go to the theater and bring your, your brood? No, I didn't get a chance to go either, man, but I wanted to. I wanted to go, but I was actually kind of more afraid of the crowds. And Harkins was doing something really cool where it was $3 to get in. And if you were a Harkins Rewards member, which obviously I am because I go there all the time, you get a $3 medium drink and a $3 medium popcorn if you wanted. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, the Cinemark had a similar special. And uh, I was I wanted to go watch because uh, they re-released Jaws this weekend, and I I wanted to watch uh, Jaws in the theater again. I mean I've seen it before in the theater, but it's such a great movie. They had it here. They were promoting it. They had it in 3D. Nice. So that could have been fun, but I I don't I don't know. The 3D movies really don't do a whole lot for me. I the last 3D movie I watched was Avatar and. Uh, I mean, it was cool, but I don't know if it was worth the 20 bucks to see it or whatever the hell I paid. Are you going to watch the new Avatar that's coming out uh, in, in Super Ultra Max 3D Special Vision? No. I'll just go watch it in the theater regularly. I don't think I'll make a special trip to Phoenix to see it in you know, the big fancy Dolby Cinema or anything like that. I, I don't mind the Avatar films, but I, I don't know why people love them so much and why they make so much money. I mean, they're cool, but they're not incredible like star wars yeah yeah that's right man i don't know why it made so much money either really it was just dances with wolves with blue people but hey you know whatever maybe no one saw dances with wolves south park dances with smurfs man that's all it was yeah so all right well speaking of star wars i don't want to get off too much but i've been sitting here doing work uh watching star wars as it's on tv it's on TBS or TNT or one of those, and they're playing the uh, sequel trilogy. And God, dude, I was excited when they came out, but uh, not so much, man. Not so much at all. They're just not great films, especially no- Episode Eight. But I, you know, we t- I tore that apart in R- Real Film Nerds podcast here a few years ago. But um, God, 
just so bad. Just so bad. Anyways, I will stop talking about Star Wars. I'll move along. It's just interesting. I've been trying to organize and go through my collection and stuff, and the the trilogy figures, the sequel trilogy figures, are worth less than what you bought them in the store at. That's how bad people despise the trilogy. Oh, no, man. The sequel trilogy. Yeah. So it's like, oh, great. I just lost a whole lot of money. But yet I got other stuff that I made money on. So it balances out. Anyways, okay. I will stop talking about the wars as much as I love it. Mike, uh, why don't you give us the rundown for John Carpenter's Big Trouble in Little China? All right, Matt. So uh, like like you said, this was uh, directed by John Carpenter. It was written by Gary Goldman and David Weinstein. Uh, W.D. Richter uh, was in charge of adaptation. And this movie starring Kurt Russell, Kim Cattrall, Dennis Dunn, and James Hong. And it's about a rough and tough or rough and tumble trucker with his sidekick face off with an ancient sorcerer in a supernatural battle beneath Chinatown. All right, Mike. So this is uh, this is a classic. This is a really just out there movie. It's just very strange. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but that's what the charm of this movie is: is how just weird and zany it is. It's it's a comedy. It's kind of sci-fi with all the magical stuff. It's kind of myth-inducing. It's trucker and redneck, and I mean, come on, dude. Kurt Russell at his best. With a mullet. I mean, driving a truck. You don't get better Kurt Russell than that. Yeah, man. It, it was it was a lot of fun, man. I felt it was just a fun character for Kurt Russell to play. The one thing I was going to say, it's also a martial arts movie. The one thing that kind of takes it down a notch, just because I've seen so many martial arts movies, especially as a kid, I think the martial arts have moments of greatness and moments of, eh, that was kind of boring. I wish there was a little bit more to it. Oh, oh, here's a fun one I just thought of. I forgot. I looked this up. So James Hong, who plays the villain uh, in this film, he uh, he's like in everything, dude. He plays David Lopin. He literally is in everything. So I looked it up. And you know how we're always like saying how awesome Samuel Jackson is and how he's in everything and oh, yeah, Nicolas yeah. Cage. So I looked it up. James Hong has been in 454 commercials tv shows or movies whoa guess how many sam jackson has been in he's like 300 right 260 something oh man so this dude literally has been in almost twice as many things as sam jackson and he's still kicking he was just in a movie we reviewed this earlier this year anything everything all at once everywhere all at once there we go i just screwed up the title of the movie Oh, yeah. No, that, the, dude, that movie was awesome. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Got it. There we go. He was in that movie. This guy, James Hong, I respect the shit out of him. He is just awesome. He's been in all kinds of stuff. I just love the guy. He was born in 1929, Mike. 1929? And he's still acting. That's just, I just, I know that's some random ass trivia. I just had to put it out there because we're always talking about how Sam Jackson's in everything. Now, dude, James Hong is literally in everything. Wow. No, you're right. Okay. I mean, he's he's got he's got Sam L. Jackson beat, so awesome. Yeah. All right. Okay, Mike. So 
we need to get you talking about this movie instead of looking at porn on your phone. Because I can see it. <laughs> I am looking at trivia for this movie, Matt. Oh, you're looking at trivia for this movie? Okay, yeah. well, then I will allow the trivia. Uh, but I don't know what else to talk about this movie. I mean, Kurt Russell's awesome. I think this is the only movie I've really seen Kim Cattrall in. Like, I don't really watch many movies that she's been in. Uh, she, you know, infamously is known for Sex in the City. But I, I really, I really just don't remember her being in any other movies than this one that I really remember, uh, Star Trek. But like her titles are, you know, Sex in the City, which that's fine. You know, How I Met Your Father, How I Met Your Mother, Tell Me a Story, all this. She's done a lot of TV, but not a whole lot of movies. And so, I don't know. I just always. I remember Sex and the City coming out. I was just like, oh, yeah, that's the chick from uh, Big Trouble in Little China. So I know that's kind of weird. But it's because they they point so much out about her in the film, two women specifically, the two main characters with their uh, green eyes. And so that's, you know, that's yeah, why that's I true. remember it. Th- yeah, that's true. So, so Matt, I, I think, you know, rewatching this movie, uh, I've, I've loved watching this movie over and over. It's just... It's it's not very serious. It's kind of fun. It's it's a hundred percent eighties, man. It's like this movie came out in eighty six and it's like really, really eighties. And I, I just like it, man. Like and John Carpenter uh did some of the sound uh stuff kinda like he did in his classic uh Halloween movie. And it's just got kind of a funky soundtrack, you know. He's he's got a history, or uh, he had a history before he started making movies of of uh, uh, writing music and stuff. So like, it wasn't kind of that far outside of his uh, wheelhouse to try and do some stuff with with music. And I don't know, man. It's just a lot of fun. I like the practice. Like, well, I don't know what kind of Matt when they do the lightning in this. Is that where they have to draw like the every frame? Like they draw some lightning and then they just kind of do it like animation style? So it's either drawn or it's laid over. So they might have another um, just piece of film with lightning on it. And so they sandwich it over the original and that's how they create the lightning. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, I love the way that that lightning looks in this movie. I know it's like kind of cheesy and not like high tech but it kind of reminds me of like the ghostbuster movies and how they did some of the like um i don't know the 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 effects in that movie with the uh with the ghosts well with the ghosts and then the um <laughs> what a, uh I know, lights, no not lightsabers damn it what uh the proton packs uh-huh with the 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 energy that comes out of those yeah very yeah. much the same because it was the same around almost the exact same time period. Yeah, so I don't know. I, it was fun, uh, Matt. You know, before we did this, you know, this this uh, one of the characters uh, I guess, with the lightning kind of inspired uh, the people who made the video game Mortal Kombat. Yeah, so they have three characters. They're basically gods. There's rain. There's lightning, and then there's thunder. And they are very loosely, loosely based on actual Chinese, Japanese, um, Asian culture gods because it's kind of a combination of things. 
and one of the gods is a god of lightning and he does all those things and Raiden from infamously from Mortal Kombat is inspired by the god of lightning and specifically these three gods in this film. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. Uh and I love their their like weird hats that they have. Like like you have to like they're so big over their faces, you have to like shoot up like from from the bottom because it would cover their face. Well, and if you look at the hats close, they the the wicker stitching or whatever you want to call it braiding in front of their eyeballs is a lot thicker than the rest of the hat so they can still see out of it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, it covers their faces. It's it's different, man. It's a look. It's a I don't know. I I just like the the kind of oddball style of this movie. It's like you're right, it's kind of a little strange like what the heck? Why would this any of this stuff happen? Like there's like this big gang fight in an alley in Chinatown and everything's like that's just normal. That's okay. Yeah, it comes out of nowhere. They're just driving the semi truck down the alley looking for this place and all of a sudden there's a funeral that turns into a gang fight which turns into shooting guns which brings in gods that fly in from the sky on lightning bolts it's just crazy it's nuts it's so much fun it, it is nuts it's nuts it's um uh matt if 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 we had to come up with a drinking game for this what would what would it be Oh, dude, I don't know. For for um, Big Trouble in Little China, I don't know. I don't... <sighs> Maybe every single time you see a pair of green eyes or they talk about green eyes. Oh, that'd be good. That that That's probably a good one, man. Well, because they start off from the start, like right from the start when they... Uh, he <laughs> explained this one to me, drives the semi-truck to the airport to pick up people right there when they're in the airport they're talking about green eyes so that's one theme that continues throughout the whole film that's true that's true yeah and like you gotta love at the airport you know the the gang members all have like weapons you're like oh yeah it's a different time (laughs) yeah in the airport yep yeah and then god dude so this just shows you how small the actors and actresses were back then or just in general because i mean i'm just a freak i guess um, that Firebird that they have from the 80s, brand new, God, gorgeous. I don't like the red, but I love that Firebird they're driving. Just super hot car. I would love to have one of those. They have her shoved in the trunk of that Firebird, which is like one of the smallest trunks ever wedged up underneath the hatchback. <laughs> they show you a, a cut of it and she fits. I'm like, how the hell is that even possible? She's like three yeah, feet tall. Yeah, it's designed for like one uh, golf, you know, club bag. That's it. Maybe. Yeah. No. No. Uh, all right, man. Well, uh, I guess before we keep talking about this movie, I'm gonna ask you, what are you drinking this fine morning, evening, afternoon? <sighs> Mike, I'm going back to your town of college. I still have some of these in the fridge. I'm drinking. A Lumberyard Brewing Company, Railhead Red. Awesome, dude. Awesome. Well, I am drinking another one of those Oktoberfests from Sam Adams and loving it. Dude, I love my Oktoberfest. I am drinking those as well. I had four the other day, which for those of you who 
don't know me or those of you who do know me, maybe I don't really drink that much anymore. I drink maybe a beer or two a night tops if I drink at all. For me to have four in one night, it was just like heaven. I was working on my airplanes and just drinking my beers, getting ready to go flying the next day. It was awesome. Nice, dude. Nice. You actually got to go flying? Yeah, I've gotten to go flying on Saturday and Sunday this past weekend with a broken airplane. So that's why I sat down and spent all night drinking beers and fixing it and hustling it. It's my favorite. It's Yeah, I'd say it's one of my favorites because it's actually a gas engine. I don't have many of those. I only have two. And there's just something about that gas and the smell of the oil burning and it's just the noise, the size. I mean, it's a big airplane. Anyways, all right, I'm nerding out again. We'll continue on with the show. Sorry, Mike. All right, all right. I got you going. I got you going. My fault. My fault, everyone. No, no, it's fine, Mike. It's fine. What else are we going to talk about? I mean, come on. That's what we're here <laughs> for. This is a podcast. We're, we don't stick to rules. We do what we want. Except for this <laughs> rule, Mike. What is this week's really, really just incredible dad joke? I got dad jokes. I don't think they understand, though. Gotta think I'm funny. Other people never laugh, though. Dad jokes. Oh, man. Thanks for asking. You're going to love this one, Matt. It's like a, a very, like, um, well, anyway, we'll, we'll see. When is a joke truly a dad joke? When it's just absolute garbage. When it's apparent. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I like that one. That's a pretty good one so far. <laughs> yeah. All right, Mike. So now the real most important question that's very easy to answer. It, it, we'll see if you're paying attention. Mike, how does Big Trouble in Little China relate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Well, Matt, thanks for asking. Uh, so this one is easy. So Kurt Kurt Russell is uh, obviously Ego in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. So uh, that's 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 pretty easy. And so um, I was happy to have an easy one. Yeah, you don't get too much easier than the main character now, do you, Mike? No, not not usually. Although that's one thing that I could kind of argue against. So yeah, it's name it's branded Kurt Russell, it's branded Jack Burton, you know, all that stuff. But the story is really more about his friend's plight and you know what all he goes through, uh Wang Chi to rescue his fiance or girlfriend. I don't know if they're officially engaged, but he basically calls her fiance from being kidnapped from the airport. Yeah, I'd say the story is more like he's wrapped up in the story, but the story is more about that the person who gets kidnapped. Yeah. Yeah. Kurt Russell, Jack Burton is a major, major part. Obviously he is, but it's not really his story. It's more Wang Chi's story. Now he falls in love with Kim Cattrall, I guess to a degree, but he doesn't take her with him. So when he leaves at the end, spoilers, you know, there's a monster that likes to tag along. But it's still, in my opinion, it's about Wang Chi. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think you're right, dude. It, I, I think it was partly marketing. Although, reading uh, some of this trivia, apparently Fox, uh, 20th Century Fox, made this movie, and they didn't really know what to do to market this movie, so they just kind of didn't. 
And then uh, it didn't do well in the box office, but it went on to become a massive cult classic. And then uh, it was also 16 days before Aliens came out. Ooh, that's tough competition right there, man, because Alien, amazing film. Absolutely amazing film. And that was a Fox product too, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, and so that they was probably... uh, Mr. James Cameron's uh, first debut in the uh, Alien uh, universe, I guess, or like, because he had done, I think, the Terminator, and then he did Aliens, and then he did Terminator Two, and well, everything's history after that, I guess. Or he did like Abyss. Abyss was somewhere in there too. I think Abyss was in the nineties, but yeah. Um, I liked Abyss. That was a really good movie. Dude, okay, not to get off topic again, but it's going to happen because you brought up Terminator. So this this guy I've been hanging out with a little bit here and there at the flying field, um, he used to work in Hollywood, and I didn't know that. I knew he came from L.A. He worked on Terminator 2. What? Yeah, and Fast and the Furious. Oh, wow. So is he kind of recently left L.A.? Yeah, he, he retired probably three or four years ago and moved out here with his wife, who's still working. She's just working remotely. But just this really cool guy, and we were just talking about stuff, and I was asking him how he knows how to do all this shit. And he's like, well, when I worked in Hollywood, they would just like ask me to do shit, and I would just figure it out. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, so like in Fast and the Furious 7, there's this one stunt they wanted to do where they jumped like these cars off the side of this mountain, but there was no road to go down through the trees. So like, see that truck over there, the grader or whatever? They're like, can you go make a road? He's like, sure, I'll figure it out. Wow. I don't know. I'm thinking about if we become a little bit closer friends, maybe trying to get him on the podcast for like a special episode or something. It'd be kind of fun. It'd be fun, man, dude. I mean, I'd love to review uh, Terminator 2. That'd be fun. Yeah, Terminator 2 would be fun to review, but I'm just talking with him about his life story and everything, what he's did in the movies, because his job title, what he did was he basically drove and ran and, I guess, directed not so much the lighting, but the uh, big semi-trucks that had all the generators on it that had all the lighting and everything. He made sure they worked and ran, and he drove the trucks and brought them out and did all that stuff. Oh, okay. So, so he's uh, a key player in making sure that things had power and that there was lighting and stuff in all these random locations, I'm sure. I imagine just unbelievably random. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what he did. And then he'd be just like hanging out and people would just ask him to like do stuff. And I don't know if they just caught on, but he started doing all kinds of just random shit that people would come up and, come up and ask him because he would just figure it out. He'd be like, oh, yeah, I'll just figure it out. <laughs> and they'd be like, yeah, we're going to give you more money. He's like, I'm not going to say no to more money. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Anyways, okay, so we'll get back on topic. It's kind of on topic, but yeah, I, I just found out about that yesterday, I think. Wow, that's that's cool, man. Small world. Yeah, he's he's just a cool dude, and I'm like, he's like, yeah, I've worked on a couple movies you might know, Terminator 2 and you know, Fast and Furious. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, I know those very well. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. I should ask him if he worked on this. Yeah, you never know. You never know, man. You never know. 
So, all right, Mike. So, Big Trouble in Little China. I got a I got a controversial one. Do you think this movie is not PC or not sensitive or controversial or racist or I, I'm not sure what to say. Offensive? Uh, Do you think this movie so is I offensive? Would, How's that? Uh, yeah. So what I would say, Matt, is uh, I don't know if it's PC or not, but I would say, could you make this movie today? Absolutely not. Okay. That's a good answer. I personally don't think this movie is offensive at all. There's some things that are like a little questionable, maybe. Um, I think one thing that people would be offended by, and it's nothing to do with really the actors or anything, but just the characterization of their spirituality and their gods and stuff like that. I think some people might find that quite offensive. But um, maybe some of the character names, like the dude that drives the bus, you know, his his tour is called Eggfu Young Tour or something. Oh, yeah. That's kind of offensive, but it's also marketing. Like, he's the one that chose the name. Yeah, it actually might have been a real tour. Who knows, you know, like, or something similar. Yeah, and, like, his character name was Egg Shen, which I don't find that super offensive either. I don't know. I mean, I I don't know. I, I, I think... It would be cool if someone remade this movie, but I don't know if they would be able to do it at the level that it was initially made. I think they would just offend way too many people. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think it would have just rubbed people the wrong way, and you know how we're not allowed to like, I don't know, we're not allowed to have a sense of humor anymore, kind of. So <laughs> I feel like somebody would have been offended, so they just wouldn't have made it. Well, that's a very, very, very valid point, and I don't want to get off too much on topic, but we discussed this a little bit back around the Academy Award time when uh, Will Smith went and you know slapped Chris Rock on stage, and I was very startled by that, not from the act. I mean, sure, everybody was startled from the act that it actually happened, but it was more that monkey see, monkey do kind of thing. So if an actor and a multi-million dollar celebrity can go slap another celebrity what is going to keep a normal person sitting in the audience at a comedy show that gets offended from walking up on stage and slugging that comedian slapping that comedian or heaven forbid stabbing or shooting that comedian why is it that if you're all of a sudden offended at something where people paid to be at to laugh at that it's now okay to go assault them like, that's kind of the message that I was afraid of coming out of the Academy Awards. Now, I haven't heard of a lot of it, but I have heard of people being, you know, belligerent because people didn't like the comedy. And it's just, what's going to happen? If we don't have humor and we don't have comedy and we don't have stand-up, this is going to be a really, really depressing world, more than it is currently. Yeah, I don't know, man. I feel like comedy is sometimes offensive or, or, or parts of jokes are offending somebody like that's how it works I, I, I don't know that's all comedy though mike all comedy is going to offend someone in some way shape or form because comedy is an art form and the purpose of comedy is retrospective and introspective you're supposed to be looking at yourself and laughing and thinking about how you can make yourself better or worse or Whatever, you know, that's the purpose of comedy, that and to laugh and just blow off steam. If you're offended by it, then don't go to it, period. That's my opinion. All right. 
I agree, Matt. Okay. So, uh, Matt, uh, do you have anything more, uh, to talk about this movie? Uh, I don't know. It's just it's just a bunch of fun, man. It's a it's, lot of fun. Uh, how about this? You know, one thing I liked is it's also a monster movie. It has a lot of random ass monsters, a lot of weird ass effects. Uh, one of the ones that I've always loved that it was funny is when uh, one of the gods, I think it's the thunder god, he sees uh, the dead David Lopan lying on the ground and he starts inflating and explodes like a zit. That, that yes that's just hilarious and it was 100 percent practical you can tell yeah no it, it was great it was just great it's just a goofy scene that's just fun and ridiculous and i never in a million years would have thought that's what would have happened or the uh the monster that floats around that's basically a ball of eyeballs including his mouth that's pretty freaking yeah. weird too that is weird so that's where that sci-fi monster element comes in. I mean, this movie, it just it's so many different genres blended in. And I think, you know, a lot of that is just John Carpenter being John Carpenter, you know? I don't know. It was fun. I I uh Maggie said this when we were watching this again, Matt, that you know, when we were growing up, this was just on cable a lot. It was just on. Like and I would watch it every time. Yeah, it's a quality flick. It, it's fun. It's it's odd, it's goofy, it's fun, it's not to be taken serious. I don't know. It's it's not going to win any awards. It's not going to, you know, set the world on fire, but if you just want to just chill out and relax and laugh, this is a good movie. Yeah, it's a great popcorn flick. Yeah, I guess so. I I don't th- think it more of a popcorn flick cuz I think that more is like a blockbuster kind of movie, but Okay. All right. This is just like a solid B comedy. Okay. All right, man. Uh, I I will give you one more piece of trivia, Matt. Zach Braff went as Jack Burton to Kate Hudson's 2014 Halloween party and ran into Kurt Russell. That must have been awkward. They posed for a photo. (laughs) Oh, dude, yes. (laughs) I find that's kind of funny. Oh, that's awesome. That's cool. All right, Mike, so let's do it. I'll have you go first. How many reels do you give Big Trouble in Little China? All right, man, I'm going to give this one four and a half just because it's just a great time. Well, Mike, I'm not as generous as you. I enjoyed it. I think it's fun. I think it's a great movie. I'm the one that owns it. I mean, I bought this shit. You know, I have the – it's either a Blu-ray or DVD. I think I got it for 10 bucks. I physically purchased it. So I do love this movie, but not as much as you. I give it a three and a half. Hey, that's fine, man. Uh, so I guess with that, Matt, uh, what do you think we should do for next week? I, I gave you a few options. What do you think? Well, Mike, you gave me all options with a short man that is tearing up the charts again in the theaters, even though he's much older than he was when those other films were made. But uh, Mike, I I picked Big Trouble in Little China. So for those of you uh, who are not me or Mike, we're discussing doing another legacy cast because there's just not a whole lot of films coming out. And the ones that have come out on streaming, not getting the greatest reviews. And we want to, you know, we want to get some more of our sci-fi love in. So Mike is deciding between three sci-fi movies starring Tom Cruise. And he loves all three of them so much he can't pick one. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Um, 
All right, Mike. You know, Matt. Flip a coin. I, th- I think we're going to do Edge of Tomorrow. Uh, Tom Cruise, Emily Blunt. Really like that movie. Uh, I think they changed the name to Live, Die, Repeat to confuse everyone. But man, that's a great movie. So I know there is a story behind it. Um, I don't remember exactly. I'd, I will have to look it up or you might have to look it up because I know you like your trivia. But originally when it was released, it was in the theaters, in the theaters. It was called Edge of Tomorrow. And then I think it got confused with something or there was something possibly with copyright or something. So they renamed it Live, Die, Repeat. And now they call it Live, Die, Repeat, semicolon, Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, that's great. I just know it is Edge of Tomorrow. And I freaking love that movie. I really do. It's very, very good. I can tell you my rating right now, but I'm not going to, Mike. I will save it for the Real Film Nerds next podcast, episode 300, no, 288, because this is 287. Yeah. Well, all right, Matt. There we go. So we'll pick the next movie for next week. And uh, I think that's about it, man. Um, I guess uh, I'll let our, our listeners go. So thanks for listening, everybody. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And uh, go out there, stream a movie. Go catch a movie at the theater. Uh, and uh, catch us on our next pod. Thanks again, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Real Film Nerds. Now, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Real Film Nerds. Now, go out and catch a movie.